Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. I have never seen the culture wars rage as much as they're raging right now in the United States. And Christian, have you noticed we're not winning? Uh, you're maybe seeing this around the country. We're in Minnesota taping this show. Minnesota now has gay marriage, largely thanks to our governor. Uh, when our governor was commenting on the people that were in favor of the amendment that would have kept marriage one man, one woman. Uh, he said, quote, um, if a, uh, this is bigotry, hatred, um, if, if uh, this is vicious, ugly, mean-spirited, should be illegal, people who want the, to promote that uh, amendment exhibit only disgust and disdain. They spew hatred and inhumanity. Governor, I don't hate anybody. I just think marriage is a man and a woman. But now we've got gay marriage in Minnesota. And um, there is a battle going on for the soul of America. And we're going to learn from an Old Testament book today. This battle between good and evil has been going on a long time. <laughs> So, you know, when you turn on, I don't have cable TV in my house, but now cable TV has lots of nudity. We've got recreational marijuana use now in, in various states. We've got gay marriage now in, in places. And uh, what's God going to do with the United States of America? Well, I want us to look at the book of Daniel right now. Let me set this up before we, if you would, get your Bible, turn in the Old Testament to Daniel chapter 12, but let me set it up. The year is 530 B.C. The Jews have been taken out of Israel in chains to Babylon, where they are stuck for 70 years as slaves. God is punishing them for their idolatry. They'll get to return eventually, but during that 70 years, Daniel the prophet sees a vision of the end of time. And today we're going to, he had a number of visions. Today we're going to examine his last vision. And it will speak to what's happening in America today. Daniel chapter 12, let's pray first. Father, we just pray for America. We kill every fourth baby in the womb. And the Bible says that you avenge innocent blood. So Lord, we would pray somehow turn our nation back to you. But Lord, whatever happens, help each of us as Christians stand for you and not compromise with the world. Speak to us now through the prophet Daniel. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Daniel chapter 12, an angel appears to Daniel and gives him a vision. Let's look at this. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Now at that time, Michael, that's the archangel Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, the Israelites, will arise, says the angel to Daniel. And there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. All right, the, 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 the first lesson I want you to get, this is kind of strange. 
unseen forces battle over nations. We didn't read Daniel chapter 10, but the angel says, Daniel, I would have come to you three weeks earlier, but the prince of Persia, this demonic thing, was opposing me, but then Michael the archangel came to help, and then I could come to you. So there are demons and spiritual struggles going on over the nations. I think there are demons and angels battling over America. And you know, I can remember years ago, the difference between West Berlin and East Berlin was night and day. West Berlin had freedom and color. East Berlin was under communism and everything was gray. Years ago too, I went to Hong Kong. Hong Kong was beautiful and colorful. Then I went to Red China, everything was gray. There are demons over certain nations. Let's look at verse one again. And there will be a time of distress and at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued. Here's the next lesson. There is a book of life. Eight times in the Bible, it talks about the book of life. Kind of glimpsed at here, but then in Revelation chapter 13, it says, All who dwell on the earth will worship the Antichrist at the end. Everyone whose name has not been written in the book of the life of the Lamb from the foundation of the world. So Christian, hear that. Do you know if you're a Christian today, it's because not before you were born, before God made the world, he wrote your name in his book. And you might say, well, that sounds like predestination. It sure does. <laughs> um, look at verse two. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, these to everlasting life, but to the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. Here's the next lesson. One day all the dead will be raised, some to heaven, some to hell. At the end, you either go to heaven for eternity or you go to hell for eternity. You don't come back as a flower. Now I know a dear Christian man who died recently. You've maybe seen this at some funerals. They put this poem in the brochure. I am not here. Do not stand and weep in my grave. I am not here. I do not sleep. I am in a thousand winds that blow. I am the softly falling snow. I am the gentle showers of rain. I am the fields of ripening grain. I am the starshine of the night. I am the flowers that bloom. No, you're not. When you die, you don't come back as a flower or as the snow. When you die, you go to heaven or hell, according to Daniel chapter 12. And let me point this out too. It talks about everlasting life and everlasting contempt. The Jehovah's Witness cult in the Seventh-day Adventist church teach what's called annihilationism, that if you die and don't believe in Christ, you're wiped out. Not according to Daniel 12, not according to Jesus in Matthew chapter 25, where he says the righteous go into eternal life, the unrighteous go into eternal punishment. And, and you know, let me say this too. In the Old Testament, people didn't quite know what happened when you died. They talk about Sheol, the place of the dead, and it wasn't clear what, what happens when you die. And, and uh, uh, it gets glimpses of it, like here in Daniel 12, you get a glimpse, but the curtain really goes up when Christ rises from the dead and tells us what happens on the other side. That's why 1 Timothy 1 says, 
2 Timothy 1, Jesus brought light and immortality to light through the gospel. I will tell you this. My, my point here is, praise God, you have the whole Bible. You know more about the end of times than Daniel did. Daniel just got a glimpse of the curtain going up. You have the whole New Testament. You, you have the whole story. So read your Bible. Read your Bible. I mean, years ago when I went on a mission trip, the, this is way back in 1991, the Iron Curtain had just fallen. We were able to hand out Bibles in the high schools, public high schools of Russia. Can't do that in America. We were handing out Bibles in Moscow in the public schools. And after I handed the Bibles out to the teenagers, the teacher came up. Pastor, can I have one? And she took the Bible and she just, oh, listen, listen, you are so privileged to have your own Bible. Read your Bible. You know more about the end than Daniel. Look at verse 3. Those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Here's the next lesson. Our job is to turn many to righteousness. I'm not saying we're going to succeed in our culture, but our job is to try to turn many people to righteousness. Um, there, were, there was a group of Catholic priests that were going to Washington, D.C., part of a program trying to get people more involved in, in uh, Christians more involved in our culture. I'm a Lutheran Protestant, but there was an opening because some priests canceled out, so all these Catholic priests and I went to D.C. They took us to, speak, to, uh, took us to meet with some of the senators and congressmen. I had tears in my eyes. There are people on Capitol Hill who are fighting for unborn children, who are fighting against pornography, who are fighting to try to turn our culture around. They're there. And, and Christian, I want to encourage you, pray for those people that God has put on Capitol Hill. And, and listen, when you vote, would you please vote for people that are against abortion, that are against homosexuality, that want to get the FCC to start enforcing uh, decency and obscenity laws. You know, pray. Our job, Christian, is whether we succeed or not. Our job is to try to turn many to righteousness. And and let me say one more point here. Before you try to turn others to righteousness, make sure you've turned yourself to righteousness. Do you have anybody in your life that holds you accountable? that holds your feet to the fire. I have a prayer partner I talk to once a week. He checks up on me, Tom, how you doing? Or, you know, you doing something you shouldn't, you know? and, and do you have that in your life? Every Christian needs a prayer partner. Make sure you're turning yourself to the Lord before you try to turn others. Verse four, but as for you, Daniel, says the angel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others were standing on this bank of the river and the other side of that bank of the river. And one said to the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be until the end of these wonders? I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river as he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever that it would be for a time and half a time Time, times, and half a time. And as soon as they finish shattering the power of the holy people, all these events will be completed. 
As for me, I heard, but I could not understand. So I said, my Lord, what will be the outcome of these events? <laughs> Here's the next lesson. We do not understand all the scriptures. I'm not sure what I just read. I'm not sure what it means. <laughs> Some scholars believe that's a reference to Antiochus Epiphanes, who in 175 BC went in and sacrificed a pig, which was highly unclean, on the altar of the Jerusalem temple, and then they set up idols in the temple. Some people think that's what this is referring to. Other scholars think, no, this is a reference to the very end of time, to the Antichrist who comes before the second coming. I'm not sure. Um, but I remember an old pastor saying once, when I read the Bible, I look at it, I come to a hard part, I study it, but sometimes I have to just tip my hat to it, walk around, and move on. <laughs> when you get to the tough parts of Scripture, study them, get some good commentaries, read and study, but some of this stuff we won't understand until the end. I will tell you, when I went on that trip with the Catholic priests, I got into a four-hour argument with one of the Catholic priests. And I'm a Protestant. Difficult talk, polite talk, but difficult. And we hit every subject you'd think we'd hit. Purgatory, indulgences, praying to Mary, uh, the intercess, you know, the saints, um, infallibility of the Pope. And by the end of that four hours, I was kind of confused. And I think he was too. And you know, I think this priest is a Christian. I just think he misinterprets the Bible. He thinks the same thing of me. <laughs> well, you know, here's, here's my point. Read the Bible, study the Bible. You won't understand everything perfectly till you're in heaven, but we are to study. Verse nine. As for me, I heard, but could not understand. So I said, Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? He said, go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end of time. Many will be purged, purified, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly. And none of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. Here's the next lesson. Which are you, wise or wicked? There's only two categories of people according to that, that verse. You're either wise and following Christ, or you're wicked and you're denying him. Many years ago, Billy Graham was on the TV show, the Today Show, and they asked him what he thought about America. And he said, we are seeing a time now when you will see the evil get much worse and the good get much better. And he said, there will be a big divide now in the United States. My, was he right. But my question is, which side of that great divide are you on? Verse 11, from the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished, that would be in the temple, and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. How blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the 1,335 days. Again, some people think this is a reference to the pagan king Antiochus Epiphanes in 175 B.C., other people think this is a reference to the Antichrist at the end of time. <clears throat> Verse uh, 13. But as for you, Daniel, go your way to the end. Then you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portion <clears throat> at the end of the age. Here's the last lesson. 
in the end, the wise will win, and Daniel will be raised and given his reward. <coughs> Christian, um, I don't know if we're going to win these culture wars we're in right now, but in the end, we win. I was asked to speak at a pro-life worship service, and the point I made in the sermon was, the Supreme Court says abortion is okay. One day, the Supreme Supreme Court will say differently. You know, I don't know if we're going to turn America around. I think persecution now is coming to the Christians in America. Well, whatever happens, what I learned from Daniel is, in the end, we win. And I'll close with this. You've heard this story if you watched the show before, but I love this story. Here's the story. <clears throat> A millionaire is widowed. The only person he has left is this 12-year-old boy. He loves this little boy. He, he hires a famous artist to paint the little boy's portrait, hangs it over his fireplace, and suddenly the 12-year-old boy dies. And the father would go sit in the living room and just stare at that painting. Then after a while, out of heartbreak, the, the father died. Well, there's no one to inherit this huge estate, so everything has to be auctioned off. A crowd comes for the auction. The first thing put on the auction block is the painting of the little boy. And the auctioneer says, painted by a famous artist, who will give me $1,000 for this painting? Who will give me $500, $400? gets all the way down. Who will give me $50 for this painting? And the old scrub woman of the mansion put up her hand. She remembered how much, she loved that little boy too, and how much her her uh, boss loved that little boy. And just for, for the sake of the boy's memory, she put up his hand, I'll, I'll give you $50 for that painting. And the story goes, the auctioneer said, the auction is over. Because the will step stipulated, whoever loves my son enough to buy his picture gets the whole estate. <laughs> you know, listen, Christian, I don't know if we're going to win in this world, but if you bank on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in the end, you win everything. So no matter what the world does to you, hang on there. In the end, we win. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, my first question for you today is, have some of the Bible prophecies actually already been fulfilled? Yes, Jackie, many of them have. Uh, Ezekiel, Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, a lot of that stuff that they prophesied happened back, some of it in their own lifetimes. But some of those prophecies were for the very end of time. And I'll even say this, sometimes a prophecy has a double fulfillment. It's fulfilled partially in their lifetime in the Old Testament, and then it's fulfilled totally when Christ arrives. So sometimes there's double fulfillments. Okay, mm -hmm. that's, it's kind of a hard concept to understand that, mm -hmm. though. That's why every Christian needs to buy some good Bible commentaries, yeah. You got any recommendations? I, well, the ESV Study Bible is very good. Or just go to your Christian bookstore, and uh, the new Bible commentary is a good one. There, there's a lot of good Bible commentaries out there. Okay. How do you know if your name is in the book of life? Well, 
Or um, can you know? I yes, guess. you can, because he who believes in the Lord Jesus will be saved. If you trust in Christ for your salvation, that is evidence that your name is written in the book of life before the world was created, because you can't believe in Christ unless your name was written in that book. God has given you the gift of faith because he wrote your name in the book. <laughs> okay, Pastor Brock, I know some people think that after you die, God's going to give people a second chance mm -hmm. to accept Christ. Yep. Is that true? Jehovah's Witnesses teach that. It's nowhere in the Bible. When you die, it's over. Uh, I mean, Jesus told a par parable or two on that. When the householder gets up and closes the gate, you'll stand out say, outside saying, let me in. He said, nope, it's too late. You know, uh, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So there's nothing in the Bible that says when you die, if you've rejected Christ, God will give you another chance. It never says that. Okay, Pastor Brock, do you have to confess your sins to another person to be forgiven? I mean, Catholics have to go to confession, yeah, yeah. and they confess their mm -hmm. sins to a priest, yeah. right? Yes, they do. Is that... Nothing's wrong with that. What is wrong is if you insist that if you don't do that, then you're not saved. That's too much. But on the other hand, Jackie, James chapter 5 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So confession is good for getting us healing. I mean, some, some of the men watching the show won't go to get over their pornography addiction until they confess it to another Christian and have somebody hold them accountable. So confession is good. Actually, like Jackie, the Lutheran Church believes in confession too. So does the Orthodox Church. So does the Episcopal Church. Um, so, you know, now and then somebody will confess their sins to me and I'll put my hand on their head and I'll say, I announce to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. Jesus gave this to the apostles when he rose from the dead. He said, whoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Whoever sins you retain, you, they are retained. So I think it's healthy and it's good. Okay, but... You kind of hit on this question already a, a little bit, but when you're reading the Bible and you get to a portion that it doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. where do you go to try to find the yeah. answers? Again, I have a lot of Bible commentaries in my house. And so on this text, it's difficult because some think it's Antiochus Epiphanes, some think it's the Antichrist that the angel's referring to. So are you study it. And then sometimes you just got to say, okay, I'm not sure what it means. <laughs> but I will say this, 95% of the Bible is pretty clear. Okay. It's that 5% that, like this, that can be difficult. Well, I, I think just the passage that you preached on today is very hard to understand. And you have to think about it twice. And mm -hmm. like you said, tip your head, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess probably my last question for you today would be this then. Will we understand everything once we get to heaven? We will. I mean, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, now I know in part, then I shall understand fully. So I, I think you'll understand why God took my five-year-old daughter when she died. You'll understand why did I have to struggle with this difficult spouse of mine for 35 years. You know, you'll, you'll have an understanding. You know, why does God let all these hurricanes and earthquakes destroyed people, you know. Some of that we don't understand in this life. Now I know in part, then I shall understand fully. Does God put these things in front of us to test us? I think so. It says now God tested Abraham. And so I think we're, money is a test, Jackie. 
when, when we get money, what you do with that is a test to see, are you going to trust God or not? Are you going to trust money? Money is a test. Okay. But, I mean, it just seems like in this day and age, so many times we're being tested yeah. to have our faith be right. Yeah. And Jackie, too, I've never in my lifetime known a, a bigger test than what America's going through right now with all the caving that's happening on moral issues. These are days Christians need to take a stand and, and be polite and loving, but don't care too much what people think of you. Be willing to say what the Bible says. Tom, do you think it's getting harder, I mean, with workplace environment and everything now yeah. for people to profess their faith and share I, it? I think so. I mean, you've got, it used to be you could pretty much talk about religion, uh, even at work, but now you've got rules that you can't even do that. It, it's just, it's sad what's happening, Jackie. But yet there are certain religions that are almost getting more freedom in the workplace, which is kind of right. hard on Christians because we get challenged right. for bringing it up yeah. in our... How come, how come Muslims get a special room where they can go at noon to pray, but if Christians want to uh, talk about the Lord, well, no, we don't do that here. Yeah, it's kind of a two-edged sword. Um, Tom, we've only got about a minute and a half or okay. so left. Um, what's happening with our ministry? Yep that people need to know about? Well, everybody, we used to be just on here in Minneapolis. Now we're on all over the country on DirecTV and Dish Network and also on local TV in Rochester, Wichita, and Omaha. And we're on the air because of the Lord, but the Lord uses people, and so your gifts are what's keeping us on the air. If you'd like to pray for us, would you pray for this ministry that the Lord would reach many people through it? And then if the Lord nudges you to give, uh, you can go to pastorstudy.org. That's our website. You can watch these shows for free on, on our website, pastorstudy.org. Or there's an address at the end, and you can uh, send support to that address as well. So just if you would uh, pray for us, uh, think of us. Uh, uh, we, we love the fact that we're reaching people. We're getting emails and most of them are, are positive <laughs> from all over the country. I but. really appreciate hearing some of, from some of these people, too. Um, Tom sent me a phone call from one of our listeners that's in a different city. Mm -hmm. And I totally want to tell her thank you for all the wonderful things she said about our show. Yeah. It's such a blessing to know that there are people. And I just am amazed at the number of people who stop us when we're yeah. out and yeah. everything, too. We, we can't thank you enough for your support mm -hmm. of this ministry. Yeah. And also, our website, go to it. If you have friends that don't have cable or any way of seeing these shows, they can go right online and watch any of our shows. Yeah, that's right. So just thanks for those of you that have given and are giving and are praying for us. And just uh, we pray that God will bless you. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. <laughs>